and when she understands her role her greatest desire in life is to get the supporting best supporting actress award next to her husband who has the main role y'all gonna get this when y'all wake up and then lastly she has a worthy vessel role worthy because she submits to her husband worthy because she is a help meet a willing helper of the vision that God has given to her husband and worthy because she reverence her husband the way God intended for her to do she becomes worthy and thus receives the honor from her husband that validates her as she completes him then let's walk through the text and see again verse 1 likewise ye wives be in subjection to your own husbands that if any obey not the word they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives now look at what Peter is saying Peter is saying listen if you happen to have married a heathen or a man who has stepped outside of the will of God or the word of God or one who is not what God has called him to be you are still under warrant and you are obligated to be the godly woman God has called you to be now, now Peter is saying if he isn't acting right as the young folks say if he ain't got no act right it doesn't release you to act foolish also but by your conversation and your behavior let him see the God in you so much so that he cannot misrepresent the fact that there is a God somewhere and he sees him represented in his better hand listen at what verse 2 says while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear he begins to know that you're not acting like you're acting because you're scared of him, but you're acting like you're acting because you know what God is going to do in the situation. Your fear is a fear of reverential fear for God, knowing that God is holding you obligated to your role, and if you do your role, God would do his part. But even if that mate doesn't do his part, you still are under warrant to do your part. That's one of the reasons why saints must be so careful about who they marry, because God doesn't vacillate concerning his word or his will or his word. You marry a fool, you still got to submit to him. Because truth of the matter is you knew he was a fool before you married him. And so because you knew that before you married him, thinking God was going to change him after you married him, you did something he told you not to do, and that's to be unequally yoked. So you can't go to God and say, God, I'm married to this fool, and I know you don't want me to submit to him. God said, no, I said to submit to your own husband. Oh, by the way, is he a fool? Because if he is, that's your own. It's in the text. Listen to this. Verse 3, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. He's saying if, if you really want to be a wonderful a demonstration of God's love and his meekness and his spirit, don't, don't dress up and play the role in an outward appearance of a woman who looks godly. Or who looks beautiful or who dresses the part on the outside and the inside is not reflective of the God she claims she represents. Don't you know anybody can go downtown and buy church clothes? 
you can be the hundredth woman and still look like the first lady on the outside but if your spirit is not one that pleases God then what you dress up on Sunday mornings won't help you the rest of the week if your spirit does not agree with the reality of the role God has called you to play if y'all get quiet now I'm gonna think y'all got a problem listen at the word verse 4 but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Literally, Peter is saying, listen, let, let your inner man be so wonderfully demonstrated that your husband will see that you have such a meek and a quiet spirit. Do you know when you shut your mouth sometimes? When you lock your lips sometimes? Listen, just because you're right don't always mean you ought to say what's on your mind. Sometimes the best way to break somebody down is to shut up. Because it takes two to argue. It takes two to fight. It takes two to tangle. Sometimes when you know you're right, just shut up and let God fight you. Battle! No, but we got that mentality. I'm going to speak my piece. I'm going to say what's on my mind. What comes up, comes out. Next thing you know, because you're married to a fool, you got a black eye. He done all upside your head. He done knocked you out. You got your people coming to your house to take it because you couldn't keep your mouth closed. You know what you were married to in the first place. Lord, if y'all get quiet, I'm going to know I got a problem in the house. Listen, listen, listen. Listen at this man. The Bible says in the end of verse 4, again, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, of great price. If it's, it, listen, if it's in the sight of God of great price, don't you know God can change the heart and the mind of that man? If you please God in the functioning of your role, look at verse 5. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in who? You're not trusting in your husband. You're trusting in God to take care and to deal righteously in your relationship. Because you need to understand that the trust must be in God in order for you to do the right thing by your husband. See, if you don't trust God, you're not going to do the right thing by your husband. So listen at this verse says again, for after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. I got to keep emphasizing, oh, that's your husband. That, that's your husband. And, and you got to realize he's your husband and you need to keep your business out of your people's business. Out of your friend's business, out of the beauty parlor, out of the market, out of the work. Your business is between you and your... And see, that's how some of you get messed up right now. Because you take advice from other women about your own. Can't another woman ought to be able to tell you nothing about your own. Y'all not hearing me here. Because when you open the door to let the devil in, don't you think he just want to stop with coming in? He wants to come in and destroy and get you out of the place God made for you. Listen at this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham.
Abraham, calling him Lord. Oh, I know I'm going to have to take a minute and deal with this one. <laughs> Whose, listen at this, daughters ye are as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Now look at this word now. When you begin to understand who you are and whose you are and your role and your responsibility and the rewards that come connected with you doing your part, you will not have a problem with submitting and being obedient to your own husband because you're doing it, if you go back into Ephesians chapter 5, as unto the Lord. And so when you understand that God, if you are equally joined as God would have you to, which is your responsibility to do that, seek God and be joined with who he has for you, you are not have no problem obeying him who God has made head of your relationship. Because if you know his head and his heart is about pleasing God and doing the right thing about God, you need to know that he's going to do the right thing by you because of how his heart and head is turned toward God. And when you know that he's submitted and he surrenders to God he will also be submissive to you in the right and proper way because he also reverences and fears God in the way that he should now listen at this again because Sarah called Abraham Lord because he was the head of the relationship now it's little Lord L-O-R-D not I told you humility was a part of our role. You don't know women. Let me help you out for a moment here. How you humble a man. When was the last time you think a man ever heard somebody call him my Lord? Them brothers try to say, Pastor, I ain't never been called my Lord. My wife ain't never. You can't get him. See, see when, you, when you remind him of who he is. Try it sometime. I'm talking about women who know who they are. Because if you're insecure and if you're afraid and if any amazement messes with your mind that you think you're inferior by saying what God said, by saying what Sarah demonstrated in as a holy woman unto her husband, when Sarah put the food down on the table, she said, Here, my Lord. Listen. It could have been egg and rice and goat milk. That, that was a sumptuous meal. Because Sarah said, my Lord. He might not have been smelling too good, been out there working and sitting out, he's tired. But, but Sarah goes and she runs the water and comes back and say, my Lord, your water has been run. He jump on up there, hurry up and take him a bath because she done just, I mean, made him realize who he is, reminded him afresh of what his position was. Listen, can I tell you, you can bless him and make him do what he's supposed to do, not by putting him down, but by picking him up and reminding him, you are the head of this relationship, so I honor you, I reverence you, I respect you, and I give you your due because you are my Lord. I wish I had some real sisters to help me here. You ain't never got to worry about nothing as long as you do what God has called you to do. I could just see, I could just see, I can just see in my sanctified imagination right now, sister, going on. You can let pastor fool you if you want to. 
you know what a freeze over before I call you some Lord. You love, and they get the roll in the head and the eyes and all of that. Y'all hard to hear me here. Sisters, don't mess your blessings up now. Because I forgot to tell you what one woman won't do. They got some women who ain't holy out there who will call him Lord, lover, big daddy, whatever he wants to hear. Y'all can sit there and act all holy than you now if you want it. <laughs> but chairman, I think I stuck a nerve here. I struck a nerve here. Listen again. Verse 5 again. Being in subjection, the last portion, unto their own husbands. So you ought not have a problem if that's your husband. Your husband. Now look at verse 7 because the men had a good time up till now. <laughs> Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker or precious vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now there are three words I want to lift up out of this verse to help the brothers understand. First word in verse 7 that I want to lift out is the word honor. You see, you can't, you, you, you can't give honor until you are honored. And positionally, God made you the honored person who can impart honor to the wife. The husband who's honored by God as being the head of the relationship is honored by God and given this responsibility coupled with accountability and the rewards that will come with him being the right kind of head will yield him benefits and blessings in that marital relationship. Now again, he who is honored can impart honor. Notice the word says giving honor unto the wife. He cannot give what he doesn't have. And then notice the next word says, uh, as being the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. God has joined you two together so that that word grace again translated favor. God has joined you together to give you together the favor of life to bless both of you, to be able to elevate both of you, to be able to take both of you to new levels. And as you are heirs of this grace of life, it's a blessing, it's a gift from the Lord. It is an inheritance that God has given to the